Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Hey friends, welcome back to True Speak Season 2. I am so excited to be back here with you guys and share some incredible stories with y'all this time around. Today I am chatting with my friend Lindsay Miller and Lindsay is such a joy and I am just so excited for y'all to have the opportunity to hear her heart and her story and her life. She is such a gift to me and I'm just really grateful that she agreed to hop on the podcast with me. So I do want to let you guys know that we are covering some hard topics today, um, like drug addiction and the sex industry. And so we're talking about some hard things, but we're also talking about how the Lord can bring redemption through every single situation and how he can bring hope and restoration. And it's just such a beautiful thing. I am so excited for y'all to meet this sweet friend of mine, and I hope you are as encouraged by her life as I am. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my incredible friend, Lindsay. All right, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be so much fun. I know. I'm excited. Thank you so much for doing this. I just like, I love you to pieces and I love how we met and um, I just, we're going to dive into all of that today, but I'm really, really grateful that you decided to share your Monday with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yay. So do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and who you are and what your life looks like right now? Um, my name is Lindsay. I'm from Kansas City. And I somehow ended up in Vandalia, Missouri. <laughs> oh my gosh, tiny town. Um, my life right now, I'm married and uh, we have a daughter together, but I also have three kids from my first marriage. Yay, so fun. So many fun things happening in your world. You're in school right now? I am. And we go to the prison together, yes. not at the same time, no. but you also volunteer at Vandalia, <laughs> yeah. which is super fun. So, um, well, if you don't mind, I'd love to just kind of dive in um, into your story and your heart and just kind of where the Lord has brought you. Um, so feel free to start wherever, but uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about your story. So I'll kind of start from the beginning. I'll try not to like tell the whole thing, but you know, girl, we'll, we'll take see. whatever. We'll see. <laughs> um, so I was raised um, Catholic and, um, my parents have been married like since I was born before I was born and they're still married today. And, um, so, you know, being raised Catholic, um, and we weren't like the rosary pray to Mary, you know, whatever, but we were in church every week mm -hmm. and we went to, you know, kids church you know, Wednesday nights and stuff like that. But I don't remember learning a lot about, about grace and really what I knew Jesus died on the cross, but like really that he died for me mm -hmm. and, and then he died for my sins. And, and I didn't learn a lot of that. Um, I, I stopped going to church when I was in eighth grade, you know, being a rebellious teenager, <laughs> you're not going to force me to do this and I'm not going to go. And so, um, that actually got my parents to quit attending church. Also, mm -hmm. they just didn't want to fight with me. And, um, so we all stopped going to church and, uh, I don't know when, what age I started, but I really started struggling with anxiety and depression. I really wanted to fit in with everybody. Um, 
I just remember every year wanting to change my hair and buy new clothes. And so I could just fit in perfectly with the new set of friends when school started again. Mm -hmm. Like it was just always like, I remember every year I was always like that. And, um, I, it was really about fitting in. It was really about being seen and people knowing me and liking me. Um, you know, during that high school time, my dad worked a full-time job and he went to school full-time. And so he wasn't around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't a bad dad. He just was really busy um, trying to provide for us and get a better job. And um, so because he wasn't around a lot, I really wanted to fill that void with with a man that loved me and wanted to be with me. And so I got married at 19 years old, right out of high school. I started dating him right before high school started or ended and uh, moved out a month later. <laughs> Because I was that rebellious girl that was yeah. not going to have my parents tell me when I could come home at night and what I could do. Um, but he he ended up not being my husband. My first husband ended up not being very nice to me. Um, he wasn't really physically abusive, but he was very emotionally abusive. Um, and then I thought, you know, we're going to have kids and that will make things better. That's what a lot of people think. You yeah. know, kids will make things better. And um, it did for a little bit, but then it went back. And then I'm like, oh, let's have another one. That was an accident, though. But I thought, <laughs> he's an accident. Oh, well, you know, this will make things better. But then it got way worse. Um, during that time also, because he had been really emotionally abusive, I ended up cheating on him with his brother. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a very um, pull of emotions with the whole situation because I was getting my ex-husband being very mentally abusive um, and and also sometimes sexually sexually um, abusive mm-hmm. because he would force himself on me. Um, and so I had his brother that was like, you're so beautiful. I don't know why he treats you that way. Yeah. And so it was very easy to just yeah. be like, oh, this person likes me and he's not being mean. Yeah. And it was easy for me to do that. And I because of how I was raised, I instantly had so much guilt and shame. Um, and you know, my husband started being more sexually abusive with me after it happened. And he didn't even know, Mm. um, that I had done that. Yeah. And so in my head, even though I know he didn't know, I was like, I deserve this Mm. because of what I did. This is my punishment. Mm. And, um, we went into, I mean, it went far enough that he wanted me to have um, threesomes with with girls. Mm. And and I I did because I thought I owe this to him mm. for the things that I've done and I should do this. Um, I eventually, I don't know, just decided I was done. Yeah. And couldn't handle it anymore. And so I left after several times of trying to leave before. Mm-hmm. Um, even my friends were like, you're not going to leave. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I am. No, you're like, this I'm time, I'm going to be done this yeah. time. And so this just continued on, though. I mean, within a month, I had already been with another guy, um, a couple of guys, and um, then ended up pregnant with my my daughter, Peyton. Mm-hmm. And so um, so she was born out of, out of wedlock, you know, and so, like, was with him three months, maybe, and he broke up with me while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then I was with one guy and then another guy. I mean, it just continued. Yeah. And um, 
just always trying to fill that void. It might have been a week right. in between. I was instantly back with someone else because I couldn't be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I finally, actually, I finally got a, a friend that um, was like, hey, I really want to go to church because I want to meet a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I was like, I, you know, I don't I didn't know any better at the time. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, she, I was like, well, I used to go to church when I was younger, so I don't have a problem going with you. I'm a very much do stuff together. Yes. Like, if you want to go, I'll go with you. Yep. Okay. I totally feel you. <laughs> and so um, I went to church with her, and I started going to Vineyard Church every once in a while. And then, of course, you know, I dated another guy, and he was like, hey – you know, uh, I go to church and I'm like, really? Okay. Well, I have a church I go to. <laughs> You're like, I also I mean, go I'd to been church. a couple times. It really wasn't my church. Right. I sat in the very back. Like, didn't want to shake hands That's with anybody. <laughs> um, didn't raise my hands. Didn't do nothing during that time. It was just, I'm here. Right. And, Which is a start. Yeah. And so um, I think I had some pressure from him about getting baptized and stuff like that. And and so I was like, okay, I'll get baptized. And I, you know, didn't know exactly. I just had this fear is really what yeah. I had got baptized for. Um, but he was just very mentally abusive also. And so um, he messed with my head a lot. And then he broke up with me. And I like had stopped I had been on medication for um, anxiety and depression and stuff and so I had stopped taking it because a lot of my medications made me to go to bed early and he wanted me to stay up late Mm because he did tattoos and he was always up late doing tattoos Mm -hmm. and so I had stopped taking it and then when he broke up with me I just I mean everything went I mean like I felt like I had no worth like why was I here and so I ended up trying to commit suicide and um I ended up losing custody of my three kids from that. Mm. And then it just continued on from there where I just kept putting in guys over the next few months after that. Mm-hmm. And then then I met my husband now, which, you know, you can see I'm clearly in a bad part of my life at this point. Yeah. Well, and I thought, oh, I met this guy at church. He's such a good guy. It's going to be perfect. I met him at church, you know? And <laughs> yeah. Things are going to get better, but it wasn't because he was using mm. and and had told me some stories um, about a girl that he knew that had made money um, selling herself. And so I had kind of was like, what? Like mind blown. Like people do that because mm-hmm. I was very, you know, in a bubble growing mm-hmm. up and didn't really know all that stuff. And so kind of just put it off to the side. And then I ended up losing my job. And um, I was really worried about um, not being able to get my kids back. And I needed money to have a place to live. And um, I just had this fear that I couldn't find a different job. And so I ended up um, putting my ad on Backpage.com, and um, which is closed now. So <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't go looking Praise for God it. for it's that. Gone. I know. <laughs> don't go looking for it. Yeah. Um, but – it was an it was a place where I can place an ad to sell myself and um you know us and our you know uh, modern society of posting mm. things online and we yeah. still safe doing that you know yeah. it was easy for me to post it but yeah. um after meeting with a couple people I was very nervous about something happening to me mm-hmm. um I mean not necessarily like that I would 
get get raped or whatever, but um, that people wouldn't pay me. Mm. And so, you know, I was like, people are going to stiff me money yeah. and I'm going to be, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I realized the fear that it could have been, like yeah. the things that could have happened. Yeah. But so I ended up calling Daniel and I was like, it's just my husband. And I was like, hey, um, so I did what you told me about and I need your help. Yeah. And so he ended up helping me and it lasted um, about three months. And, you know, a week into it, I started smoking crack cocaine with him. And, um, I mean, we were every day, all day getting high. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I remember there was a time where I had had an appointment and the guy came in and we were, this is, I had already left. Another thing is you lose your apartment when you, you do drugs too. So <laughs> yeah, I got evicted from my apartment. Yeah. I didn't pay my bills like I had planned and hoped to do with this money. Mm-hmm. I I used it for drugs yeah. and I got evicted and I was living in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And so um, Daniel had left the room and this guy had come in. And I remember being in the middle um, of the appointment and um, – I remember silently, like I was crying um, silently and I was begging God to just let Daniel come back because I just, I wanted it to stop and I didn't want to do it anymore. And um, I just, in that moment, it didn't happen. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, you have that instant shame of, God's not going to save you. Mm. What are you, you look at what you're doing? He, you know, and from what you know, you know, if you want to distort the word, you can say that God can't look upon sin. Right. And so, you know, I have very small, you know, at, at this point, especially a right. small view of what scripture is and says. Right. And, and so I remember being like, okay, well, God's not going to see me. He's not going to stop this because I'm, I chose this. Mm-hmm. And so it's over and, I have to keep doing this. Mm. Um, a couple weeks later, um, I ended up getting busted by an undercover cop. Mm. And so that put a stop to it. I was one of those girls that was like, I remember telling the cops, like, I've never been in trouble. <laughs> I don't ever do anything wrong. <laughs> like, I'm out of my mind because I've been using so many drugs. Yeah. And they could tell. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not in trouble. I don't ever do anything wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, we we ended up taking off and we went back to his hometown. Um, but he was my husband was still on um parole or paper or whatever you want to call it, probation. Yeah. Um, and because he moved without telling his oh, probation officer, yeah. he had to go back to prison for 72 days. Only 72 days. It wasn't that long. Yeah. But it just, it was really a time where the devil still was missing with my worth and Mm. me being alone. Mm -hmm. And um, we had just gone to this town that I had never been to. I didn't know anybody there. And Mm -hmm. now he's gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm here by myself, Mm -hmm. like two and a half hours away from home. Yeah. And so, you know, eventually when Daniel got out, it was like, Probably not at the time, you know, I would not suggest, 
yeah, you should be with this guy because you only know him from using drugs with him. Really? I mean, right, that was our right. real relationship. That's our love was based off false yeah. things. Yeah. But, you know, why why go with what you should do? And <laughs> well, you go with what you could do. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I was like, I'm going to marry this guy because this is awesome. We're just going to get through this together. Yeah. And um, I ended up um, pregnant like two weeks three weeks after he got out of jail mm. and uh, prison. And, um, and then we got married in August. And what I didn't know is that secretly he was continuing to use meth mm. during this time. Um, had actually, you stopped I did. using? Okay. I At this point, I hadn't used since December 31st. Okay. Of, yeah. The, the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And so – um, I mean, I had to go pick him up on my due date mm. because he was with friends working out of town and they were all getting high mm. and he was That's pa- so hard. panicking, Yeah, you know, cause having that, you know, the mind of somebody using meth. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, um, went and picked him up, had Mara two days later. <laughs> and then two weeks later we moved to Kansas city. Like it was just girl, like a whirlwind chaos. Yeah. And you know, and then the drug use for him stopped, but then it started again in March. Yeah. So it was on again, off again this whole time. Um, you know, luckily we had support of friends. Um, Nate, our friends, Nathan and Carol were, you know, with us, you know, Nathan and Carol. Yes. So. We love them. Um, they they were a huge support. I have no clue how I would have made it through that time, you know, like having them to to stay. We live with them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, I mean, we wouldn't have had we would have lost our jobs or yeah. we would have I mean, nothing would have stayed. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Um but, you know, during this time and this continued on and I would actually end up using with him because he would take off and leave. And so I thought and he would always say things to me that made me feel like I was more fun when I was getting high. Mm. And so it made me like I because I'm so codependent and because I want people to like me and mm-hmm. oh, I'm more fun this way. So let me be that way. Right. Or let me I'll pay for drugs as long as you do them here. Mm. I was very. Um, yeah. What should I call it? Like I allowed him to do. Yes. Like enabled. Yeah. I yeah. enabled him. And so um, that continued on and off. Like, I mean, I would never use for very long. It'd be a couple of days. And then um, on Mother's Day, he'll kick me in the butt for this because <laughs> um, that's a horrible day. So that's when you want to kick somebody in the butt because you're like, on that day. Um, in 2017, he had told me that he had cheated on me um, several times. And it was like he had this truth serum. Like he had denied it for years. Yeah. But it was like this truth serum. Like all of a sudden he had to tell me. Yeah. And get it all out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we continued that. I mean, that was the last time I had to use with him just before mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I've been clean since. That's awesome. So, um, but he continued until October. I mean, even tried to go to treatment. Mm. And, you know, he was there for a month and I was right. like, oh, you're so nice. Yeah, like, it's all good now, you're right? You're being nice <laughs> to me. You're in a good mood. You're studying God's word again. This is really cool. Like, right. come home. Yeah. And then two weeks yeah. later, he was getting high again mm-hmm. and pretty much almost killed himself. Yeah. So, you know, but now, I mean, he's been clean since October. 
of 2017. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's not, you know, been rainbows and butterflies no. since then, but yeah. it's been so much better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what does, I mean, obviously, first of all, thanks for just like sharing like all of that. All out there. Listen, girl, I mean, there's just something like, it's so cool to be able to see you here right now. And like, and even like having seen you and Danny over the past few years, like it's just so cool to see how the Lord has grown you and grown y'all and like how he continues to work in and through you. And so it's just like such a gift to be able to hear, you, you know, <laughs> listen, like it's just one of those things where like, I feel like we just don't like, we're all just searching for fulfillment. You know what I mean? And, and it's so hard not to look in all the wrong places for that, you know? And so um, I just am really grateful for you sharing that because that's not an easy thing to do um, because it is, life is hard, but like, it's just, it's just the coolest thing to see where the Lord has brought y'all. Um, so on that note, um, what does your life look like right now? Like, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I know that you're, you're involved with Celebrate Recovery. You actually lead Celebrate Recovery. So I want to talk a little bit about Celebrate Recovery and why it's such a big deal and why it's so important. Um, cause I know you have a huge heart for that. Yeah. So, um, a little bit else about what's going on now with life is I'm going to Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Woohoo! I know I'm a sophomore. It's actually, been this like desire to go to Bible college. I mean, though I don't have a Bible degree, mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of have a little bit more structure yes. and, um, reading some of the word and yeah. getting to know what it means and applying right. it in different ways. Well, cause it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the Bible is like this huge book Especially and like, when you want to start from the beginning and yeah. you want to read all those names that you can right. pronounce. <laughs> you're like, I have no idea what's happening in these, <laughs> these books of the Bible. Oh like, my gosh. You're like, who are these people and why do they matter? Right. Like, what does this have to do with me? reading any of these stories later. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why do I have to learn how to pronounce all these people's names? Right. Exactly. And it can be so, like, so overwhelming, especially just, like, walking into it. Like, it's like deer in the headlights. Like, how are you supposed to navigate this and understand, like, this book that was written thousands of years ago? What does it have to do with me today? King James version or something. Yeah, no. Just can't understand it. I mean, if if you're a King James version person, that is just swell. But you're amazing. Because I'm glad I'm don't I can't have read the, like that. I don't have the mind to understand. No. All of that. Oh my gosh, no. But um, but yeah, that's just so cool because it is like I feel like when scripture becomes alive and it's no longer like just blank black ink on a white page, like it is alive and active and real, and you can kind of really get your arms around it. That's when it begins to totally transform us, you know. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to school um to be a counselor at that's the moment, awesome. and um. And we'll see where that takes me. I feel like I don't know what my call is mm-hmm. in my life. Um, I, I know that I have a passion for women and sex trafficking. Yeah. And um, I have a passion for people in addiction mm-hmm. and just actually really more so than just certain areas. I have a passion of people to find healing in yes. their lives. Yes. Um, and I really want them to move past whatever is in their past. Yes. To get them to be where God wants them to be. Right. And has called them to be. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, anything with healing is mm-hmm. like, yeah. Right. Because we want people to be whole and healthy and yes. healed. Like that is always the goal. And it's not even, not even like, you know, you can, you can 
stop using drugs and that doesn't fix the root issue. Like the root issue isn't an addiction to drugs. Like that's just the symptom of a real problem that's going no, on inside. I firmly believe in my, my husband and I got it from my husband just <laughs> that um, if you do not remove that root issue, you will not stay clean. Mm. Yep. You might stay clean for a while. But if you don't figure out what it was that you were trying to hide from in the beginning, yeah, you'll either go back to being high or you'll find something else to fill that void. Oh, girl, preach. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. Yeah. It's just true. Because the reality is, and this kind of ties in with Celebrate Recovery, is that like we all have our stuff. Yeah. Like just because it might not be fleshed out as, you know, a, a sex addiction or an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction, it could be a food addiction. It could be like you're talking about codependency. Like yeah. like we go to all of these things to fill this void in our souls. And it's like, no, no, no. Like what's the void though? Mm -hmm. Like we got to go figure out what that problem is, yeah. you know? And so a good place to do that is at Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we first learned about Celebrate Recovery when Daniel was getting clean. Mm -hmm. um, he was still high and I actually had a friend um, that had been to Celebrate Recovery and she suggested, you should tell him about Celebrate Recovery. And so he went, I mean, I was actually, I was really surprised at the yeah. time. I was like, okay, you're gonna go. And then he invited me to come. I mean, after about a month of attending, mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like they had they had a dinner that night, and so it was like a you know almost Christmas dinner or yeah. something, Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. And I was like, okay, I'll go in support of you, and you know whatever, like right, I like the supportive see, wife I didn't move. See anything past <laughs> yes. that? It was more of a family night thing, yes. dinner. Yes. And so I was like, you know, okay, I'll just go and support you, and and then he was like, well, you want to keep going with me? And at, at first, I'm like, I'm not an addict, mm. like. I mean, I'd used, but I just didn't consider myself to be an addict. And I didn't know why I needed Celebrate Recovery because mm. I had stopped using. Right. You're you like, I'm I mean? good. <laughs> You're the one that needs this because it's a consistent thing for you. Yeah. But for me, I don't need this. You yeah. Know? And, um, but I, I went because he asked me to go. That's mm -hmm. still part of my codependency thing. <laughs> you know? But God used it. <laughs> which I didn't know was codependency mm. until I started attending Celebrate Recovery and sat down in a group and had somebody describe the exact things that I was doing and labeled it codependency. Mm. And then I realized that my codependency was just as much of a problem as his drug addiction. Yeah. Because yep. it caused me to do so many bad things mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not always necessarily labeled bad things. Some things that, that are very um, inwardly destructive to ourselves yep. comes from codependency. Yeah. Because we're so wanting to please others that we put ourselves off yeah. and, it, and it messes with our spirituality and our mental, you know, functions and, yeah. you know, being able to do what we're supposed to yes. do because we're worried about helping everybody else first. Yes. Well, and I think too, so often we categorize everything into like, this is the bad stuff and then this is the acceptable stuff. Mm -hmm. But both things are extremely unhealthy and also both things at the end of the day are sin. And so we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting God and we're hurting other people in our lives. Yeah, I love that you said that. Like sometimes it's not even labeled a bad thing. Yeah. It's like you overeating is extremely bad for your health. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not bad hurting for anybody your, else. Right. But but it could you know. be like, what if you die well, young and it hurts your Yeah, there's like so or many. Yes. Or friends or family. Yes. Yeah. Like there's just so many layers to those things that it's like, oh, wait, like at the end of the day, like 
I'm supposed to find my sufficiency in Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I when I live from that sufficiency and I live from knowing that I am worthy and I have value and I am precious in the sight of God, no matter what my life has looked like, no matter what my past has looked like, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. It changes everything about us and about what we go after and about what we pursue. Because if we can, if we can live from a place of feeling worthy, not because we're all that in a bag of chips, but because God has said like, no, you are so worthy and you have so much value that I sent my son to die for you. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, I you know. know? We just need like that recording of Jessica telling us that every day, <laughs> like before we wake up. That will oh get us gosh, going yeah. every morning. Here we go. I mean, it just is like, for me, it's been, I know that like I in my life so often have um, pursued relationships as like to fill this mm-hmm. hole in my soul. And um, and I, you know, like I've I've had a great life and a great family and all these things. And, and yeah, at the same time, I'm broken. Like, it doesn't matter how good my life has been. It doesn't matter how great my parents have been. It doesn't matter how many opportunities I've had, X, Y, and Z. Like, I could have all the money in the world, and I don't. But, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It I, I still am empty. And so I've really, like, gone through this process of, like, oh, my gosh, Lord, like, I've run to so many other things besides you to fill up this hole in my soul, and I'm done. Like, I'm so tired of it, you know? Oh, I'm there. Yeah. It's just, I like. I feel that way a lot. My goodness. Sometimes I just like get sick myself, but I'm also just grateful for God's grace, you know, that yeah. like that we get to keep going. But um, but it is when you and also I love that you said that like it wasn't until after you went to celebrate recovery that you could identify mm-hmm. the thing. Oh, but the other thing is is that I identified I have lots of other problems. You're too. like, well, dang it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you go around this group and so they have so let me explain. So Perfect. celebrate recovery is a 12, 12 step program. Mm-hmm. Just like um, like AA mm-hmm. and NA, um, but you know it's it's for everybody. So yeah. if you've lost someone and you're struggling with grief, mm-hmm. um, if you have a child that has an addiction or your child has mm-hmm. issues, any issues, yeah. I mean, yeah. birth defects, anything that could, I mean. We could go on and say eating issues and we can say porn addiction Mm -hmm. and drug addiction and alcohol addiction Mm -hmm. and anything that you could think of. I mean, we could go on and list anger problems Mm. and divorce. I mean, so many issues that we all have. Mm -hmm. Those are all the reasons to come to Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. Because it is literally... We need to figure out the things that are keeping us from becoming what God's called us to be. Yes. Yes. And anything that's holding us to have even, even, even just having that closer relationship with with mm-hmm. God that's mm-hmm. keeping us from that. Right. Right. So, you know, but then you sit down. You know, it's always this. It's this large group, and so we do worship first. And I love worship. Mm. Yes. Worship is my love language. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like no. If, same. If it, was, if it was a love language, it would be You're my like, love it's language. Mine. <laughs> um, but. Like we do worship and then, you know, we also have eight principles too. So it's mm-hmm. like a 12 steps and then we have eight principles that kind of line up mm-hmm. with those 12 mm-hmm. steps, but they're all biblically biblically based. We also name our higher power and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all about um, knowing that he is the only one mm-hmm. to that can, you know, help us in our mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And um we, I mean, we just give them all kinds of lessons of forgiveness and, and evaluating their lives and, you know, 
it's, it's just so good. And then we have small group Mm -hmm. and small group is where you, you know, the girls and the guys, they separate into their own groups and they can be more vulnerable and actually talk about some things, even just talking about the week, having somebody to talk about the things that that week has gone through, you know, you've gone through in that week. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, when you go around and people talk about their problems and you're like, Oh, Man, I'm angry too. Oh, I'm yeah, also bitter. That's when you figure out, oh. I have a lot yeah. of bitterness. Mm. Oh, I have a problem of pride. Mm. Oh, man, I'm broken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so broken. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to know all that. I didn't think I was that broken. Mm. But you realize you have stuff that you need to work on. And yeah. everybody has stuff yeah. that they need to work on. That's the thing. It also, like, kind of levels the playing field. Yeah. Because I feel like it's really easy to look at people and be like oh my gosh like look at them I can't believe that like x y and z like like they've never done anything wrong in there I mean I remember when I walked into prison the very first day that I went and someone said are you even old enough to have done anything wrong and I was like um yes I, I am old enough to have done a lot of things wrong but you know that's a really easy it's easy to feel that way about people and be like oh they they would never know like the struggles that I've been through and and we don't, you know, it's not like you can read someone's mind and know what they've gone through. But at the same time, like, I think when you can be in that kind of community together, you're just like, oh, man, we're all broken. Yeah. Like, this isn't like so-and-so is better than me or I'm better than so-and-so. Like, we all need hope. Like, we mm-hmm. all need fulfillment. We all need an answer because, like, we are we are living out of that emptiness inside of us. And it is just wreaking havoc on our lives, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's such a thing. Okay, so... Um, I just want to chat a little bit about like when you look back on your life now, do you feel like you can see, like, do you feel like the Lord was pursuing you throughout your life or what really happened? Like, what was the switch for you when you felt like you, um, like entered relationship with him or you began to see like, oh man, like he loves me. Like he has purpose for me. What did that look like for you? So I kind of always, so I just want to start with what, where I used to be. Mm. It really used to be, I knew that God existed. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it, it's not that I ever doubted that yes, he wasn't yeah. there. Um, but I, I didn't know him to be that loving, caring mm. um, God, father, you know, that father mm-hmm. figure and um, always being there for me no matter what, yeah. despite what I did, he yeah. wanted me. Um it didn't, I mean, I started attending when I was 24 or whatever, when mm-hmm. I had just committed suicide and stuff like that. I had attended um, and got baptized. I told you mm-hmm. I got baptized out yes. um, of fear. Yeah. Uh, I really think that it was, I better be baptized because I'm going to go to hell. Because right. I was baptized as an infant. Right. And that doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't count. <laughs> My the Bible, I believe what the Bible says, and it says full immersion. So I'm gonna be like, Bible so here says. we are. I'm in Bible school. This so. is just my personal <laughs> opinion. I'm not knocking anybody else. Um, but um, we started attending church at the Rock of Casey, um, and it's um, the most amazing church that we have ever attended. They instantly welcomed us. And it mm. was a big church. Mm. Like it was, I mean, it's like we fit. It was more of a personal yeah. church, like a small church, but big. Yeah. Like, like had that homey feeling. Yeah. Like, like everybody was always welcoming at the door. They, I mean, they made it a point to make sure they said hi to everybody. And they had small groups and houses. And I mean, that, that first small group that we had really s- saved me mm. because, um, 
it was around that first time that um, my husband had started using again once we moved to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And then I found out he had cheated on me that first time. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, I found out the day that we were supposed to go to our first small group. Mm -hmm. And I skipped that first week because I just found out, you know. But the following week I went Mm -hmm. and we ended up sharing. I mean, we shared our story and we shared our struggles instead of hiding from them. And they surrounded us. These people we barely knew at the time were there and loved on us and were there to support mm. us. And and I had never had that before. Yeah. Um, and not long after that, so the way they did baptism at the rock was they did it during worship. Mm. And so instead of like shutting everything down almost and mm-hmm. like just being you and the pastor mm-hmm. up and talking and saying, right. well, chosen to get baptized, <laughs> yeah. which is what Vineyard did. Yeah. I'm a very... I get nervous around yes. a lot of people. Yes. And so I was very nervous to be around so yes. many people at Vineyard because it's a big church. Yeah. And it would have been the same at mm-hmm. The Rock. But um, it's like almost this one on, even though everybody can see you. So it's like a public decoration, declaration mm-hmm. still. Um, it's still personal because yeah. they don't put you on the mic. Yeah. And so you can see the person on the screen and mm-hmm. you know, because we know what they say yeah. when they're about yeah. to baptize you. Yeah. And so you know the things that they're asking yeah. that person and then they baptize them and then everybody claps. And it's That's just awesome. so amazing because yeah. it's during worship too, yes. which is, which is like, it's just all, it's cry. your love language. People so you don't know yeah. and you see them getting baptized yes. and you just cry for them because yes. it's so amazing. Yeah. And so, um, we had gone to the Easter service and they already planned ahead to have baptisms mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. But then they announced during worship, like during a brief, you know, break during one of the songs, they're like, if anybody feels led to be baptized, come forward and come be baptized. Mm-hmm. And I just, for the first time ever, I felt this push. I don't know how to explain it. I just had this need to go be baptized. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Daniel and I was like, I think I should go get baptized. He's <laughs> like, well, go. That's awesome. And it, it just, I just remember just like, I mean, and that's how it's been for me since. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, a lot of it is I've been in and out of the word really mm-hmm. is, a, is mainly my, my fault in mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, the more I read, the more I get that unction. Yeah. And so I just, to have that from him to know, like I just always know that it's him when I get this unction, especially to do things that I don't necessarily know that I right. would ever do. You know? <laughs> You're like, ugh, really? <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting this push. Like, and I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a push in my mind. Like, I'm not being physically pushed, but... You know, it's a mental push. Like, it's so weird to explain. It is weird. It is weird. But it's a thing. Like, it's a thing like, because, like, like God do speaks it, to you. I don't even yeah. hear the voice. Yes. I don't hear a voice. Right. It's just, like, yes. a no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So. That's so cool. That's really what started I, it. I love that you said, um, like, that you're talking about, you know, pushing into the Lord and, like, having to show up, you know, and that that makes us like want him more. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking with one of the girls at prison this morning and we were talking about how it's really hard to um, love people who have a victim mentality. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, you know, cause she's so funny. Cause I, I so relate to her because she is, she is just, 
she is fiery. And so it's just really funny because she does not play around. Like, you know how you have like different, like you have like soft just ones. Very straightforward. Oh my gosh, straightforward. Tell you how I feel oh, yes. And yes. not going to sugarcoat yes. any of it. Oh, oh, she doesn't sugarcoat anything. And, um, and I love her for it. And she was like, it's just so hard because I just don't feel like it. And I was like, girl, same. Like, I don't feel like loving people either. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like reading my Bible a lot of days. But the more I read my Bible, the more I want to. And the, I was like, and the more you choose to love someone in that moment, when you don't feel like it, the more that you actually will, you know, and we were just talking about how, like when the thing that hinders us hearing from God is a lack of love and how we have to choose to love people even before we feel like loving them, even when they're really hard. And, and when you're in prison, there's a lot of hard people to love, you mm-hmm. know, like, but there's a lot of hard people to love out here too. Like yeah. that's a consistent life problem. Like people are hard to love. <laughs> like, and yet, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that we have to make that choice over and over. And I think it's the exact same way in our situation with the Lord. We're like, oh, how do I get close to God? Like, how do I like grow in my intimacy with him? Like, how do I X, Y, and Z? And it's like, you got to show up. I mean, because he's showing up, like he's speaking, he's nudging, he's pushing, he's doing the mental pushes, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but we we desensitize ourselves to those things when we just walk away from him. And, and I'm so guilty of doing that too, of like, oh, I'll read my Bible tomorrow. Like, well, it's you know? really hard to recognize his voice yeah, or for me, the unctions mm-hmm. when we aren't spending time with him. Yeah. And so if we're worried about – um anything and everything else in mm-hmm. life, which there are so many other things to worry about. Right, because life is full and some crazy. Some that we choose and some that we don't choose, right. you know? And if we are so focused on that and we're not focused on him, we're not going to hear his voice. We're going to hear our own and we're going to hear the enemies. Yeah, yeah. And the enemy will exploit all of those, like all the things, you know what I'm yes. saying? Because that's when like, I feel like that's the, one of the most difficult things is like really discerning like this is not god saying this to me like this is not god telling me that i'm unworthy this is not god telling me that like who are you to call yourself a christian or you know all of these things like that's the voice of the enemy yeah i mean i told you i had that this morning yeah i was like you're not worthy Lindsay. yeah like who are you Mm. you know Yeah. yeah and and because like we have been doing this, reading the Bible through a year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've been reading, um, some of Joshua mm-hmm. to you with my, with my mentor. And so it's like, I've been spending some more time in the word. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to it's, just, it's easier. To, to just yeah. know, even though you still had to have some doubt. Cause you're yes. always, I mean, I don't, yeah. I feel like nobody's perfect and no, they're totally. still going to have some doubt despite mm-hmm. knowing that God is right. good. Right. But it's like, okay, that doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. God doesn't say that about me. Yeah. And he didn't create me or allow me to go through the things I've been through to not mean anything. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And that he can use all of those things for our glory or not our glory. <laughs> yeah. He can use all of those things for his glory and our good. Um, and I, I just think, you know, I was thinking about, we were talking about this a little bit earlier when I was eating your amazing meatloaf and cauliflower mashed potatoes, girl, I'm coming over here every Monday after prison <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> Cause that was so good. And a few weeks ago you made me soup that was amazing so i'm very spoiled oh my <laughs> by <gosh>. Lindsay. <laughs> um Keto but food is so good. it is it was so good it was so yummy so 
anyway, that was a total tangent. But um, I was just thinking, we were talking a little bit ago about how like at the end of the day, I'm like, I had this realization last summer um, that I was just like in church. I was during, it was during worship. This is, I feel like the Lord speaks to me a lot during worship. I'm just like, I'm just like singing or whatever. And I just feel like he's just like dropping things into my heart. And, um, and I, and I, I just felt like he said, you're an addict too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I've never done drugs, God. Like, I was like, I don't know. No. You know, and he was like, no, 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 you're an addict too. You're an addict to your sin. And I was like, I am. I am an addict to my sin. And I feel like there can be this stigma around this world sometimes of like, oh, like people, people never change. Like, you know, like people never be different, like X, Y, and Z, you know, especially when you're dealing with like drugs and prison and like, you know, all the things, right? And yet I was like, God, I'm an addict. And when God looks at me and when he looked at my life, he never gives up on me. Never once does he say, oh, you've messed up too many times. Like well, you've gone too far. One thing know? I want to point out though too is some people will say, well, that's not the same. Mm. That's what they did is worse, but not to God. Yeah. To God, all sin is bad. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you did one or another. Right. One is to, on our eyes might be worse than the other, but to God, they're all the same. So yeah. while they might be in prison sinning for the horrible things that they may have done, mm-hmm. you know, if that's when you want to categorize them as right. your sin is just as bad, even though you're not in the same position. Right. Or in. maybe I'm just better at hiding it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. two people could do the exact same things and one's in prison and one is a Roman free. Oh, I mean, you know, I've and heard so stories of people that live this. I mean, I know oh, a friend yeah. that live this life of he should have ended up in prison. Yeah. But he didn't never end up there. Exactly. And then so. you have people in there that didn't do their crime. I mean, there's just all these well, things. Well, that or like, they did something so minute or they yeah. were coerced or, yes. you know. And yes. so it's like you feel for them because especially, you know, the codependency of oh, women gosh, yeah. and willing to do whatever they yeah. would do for a man. And yes. although that is their choice because it's very much still a choice. Yeah. Um, it, it stinks to see that because of their brokenness, they would do anything yeah. for somebody. Well, and, and the, even when you're just kind of like wrong place, wrong time, yeah. like, you know, and, you, and it's, I can see, I've been in bad relationships. first time crime and you probably, oh. you know, how, how did you end up here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it just happened so fast. Yeah. It's just so much easier than anybody thinks it is. You know, like it's pretty rare for there to be like this really premeditated, like, serial killer you know what i'm saying i'm like this is not no like we have this idea in our heads that everyone in prison is like i don't even know know. and i'm like they are your mom they're your sister like they are literally they're they're my age like it they're people with lives and hearts and dreams and they're just not any different than us you know and so it's just such an eye-opener when you begin to see people differently you You know? know i always say that i have this it's either a good thing or it's a bad thing. You know, <laughs> it's um, this having compassion for people mm. because sometimes on one hand, I want to be very angry at some people for things that they've done. Yeah. But then at the same time, if I know anything about their past at all, yep. and I know the things that have happened to them and yeah. the things that um, they've done in their past, but, you know, I just know their life before. Mm-hmm. And, and I see the things that they've done. And so sometimes I, I go, I understand how they ended up here. Yeah. 
And it's it's a love-hate relationship for me because it's like sometimes I'm like, but I want to be angry. You know, (laughs) I want want that. And I have that right. You know, not the right, but I have the choice. Right. And so it's like, I want to be angry at these people because I've had a lot of different, you know, hurts from people in my past. And so, you know, it's like, how could they have done that? Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, having compassion on people because we don't know. That's the thing. You know, we have no clue the kind of life that person lived, especially even when it comes to an addict and you mm-hmm. look at people um, and you are, are a prostitute on the corner and we like, oh, and you look at them with disgust yeah. because why would they do something like right. that? And right. they should go get a real job or whatever else. We have no clue what put them on that corner. But we yeah. do know that when we were children, we never envisioned to be a drug addict or, or a prostitute. Yeah. So I can guarantee you something bad has happened in their life that put them there. They don't want to be there. Nope. Yeah. So we have to realize that um, we need to, you know, change our glasses or the lens in our glasses to see them with different eyes because they've had a, they've had a past. I mean, they're just, we've all had a past and we all have had our choices. Yeah. And those definitely, those, those things, especially drug use. I mean, nobody Nobody wants to do that. Oh, my gosh. No, not at all. Nobody says, oh, I want to go to prison one day. Like, you know know what I'm saying? Like, that's not – people don't dream about that when they're little, and that's not what you envision for your life. And that's, like – it just goes back to exactly what you're talking about of, like, we have to go back to the root issue. Yeah. And we have to figure out – because the reality is everybody is just reacting from that source of pain and Mm -hmm. from that brokenness and from that wounding in them. And and they're – you know, when somebody – it's so easy for me to look at somebody in a situation and I'm like, I can't believe that they would like X, Y, and Z and be like really critical or whatever. And yet it's like they're responding from like something. They're not even necessarily responding about the situation. They're responding out of pain that's of something else that's going on like a lot of times you know and so it's that exact same thing like when you see that girl on the corner or you see even just someone homeless with a sign or you, you know, it's like they didn't want that. This isn't the life that they dreamed of, you know? And so how does it change our life to look at those people differently? I just think that that is so powerful and such a good thing. Um, So really quick um, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, um, what helps you to stay faithful even now when life is still hard? It still has its its struggles. Um, I, I go back and forth a lot. Um, I, I don't always just, it isn't like an instant faithful, mm-hmm. like sometimes it is. Yeah. Um, but other times I, I get, I mean, I, I, in all honesty, I get angry with God. Sometimes I get angry that he allows these things to happen mm-hmm. and why haven't things changed yet? Why aren't they the perfect you know, marriage yeah. that it, I think it should be, or why am I not where I should be? And like these kind of things that come up, um, sometimes, yeah, it pushes me away and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to attend church anymore. And I don't want to do with anything that has to do with church. Mm-hmm. Um, even being a believer now for several years, I'll feel like that. And then, I mean, it might be an hour or two. It might be a couple of days and then I'll be right back to it Mm -hmm. because we still have our sinful nature and we want to just reject everything good because of our feelings. I Mm -hmm. mean, 
we operate on emotions, you yeah. know. It doesn't usually get us very Our emotions very are really not um, reliable. Yeah. <laughs> um, my emotions especially. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> mine are bad. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a couple days later. I mean, a lot of it is going back to worship music for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I don't have my mind on the things that I should have them on, it's easy to stay. Like if I just were to retreat and just start watching Netflix mm-hmm. after I'm angry, angry over something or, or depressed or mm-hmm. whatever, I'm going to stay in that mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep myself there. And I have mm-hmm. plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I can get myself away from that and, and refocus and like I said, worship music or, I mean, even just going to church and hearing a message mm-hmm. sometimes will like just pull me right out of it. Yeah. And I'm like, what is I doing? And then mm-hmm. I'm back to, I think God has a plan for this. <laughs> you know, and those are, you, those are the people that you hear most of the time. They say that right away. Mm. Like, God has a plan. Yeah. And you want to be like, okay, <laughs> I want to know friends. what it is. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Yeah. But, you know, I, I get, I don't get there right away. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is, I don't know that I'll ever get there right away. Maybe mm-hmm. God will grow me in that area. Maybe he won't. But um, I think there's a lot more people like me that um, yeah. do this. And, you know, they're not any less of a person or mm-hmm. love God any less because at that instant moment, mm-hmm. they decide they're not going to turn to him right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had that doubt in my life before that I think that, Oh, I'm not worthy to to you know serve God or to do anything for Him because I doubted Him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so people need to know that you know you you're gonna have your doubts. God knows that you're gonna have yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, I've even told people that were angry with God, tell Him. Yeah. Cuss at Him if you have to. I mean, really, because <laughs> yeah. you're thinking the thoughts in your head. Right. It's not like He doesn't know. He knows the thoughts yeah. in your head. So why not vocalize it anyways? He's yeah. not going to be angry at you for cussing at Him because He wants you to work through it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, do it. Yeah. You know, He yeah. knows it already. Yeah. So, you know, and that just He can handle our doubts. Yeah. He can handle our fears. He can handle our God. I don't know if you're going to pull through. Like, I just don't know. It just doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like you are. Like, it doesn't feel like you're real or it doesn't feel like you're here or you're present or you're faithful. And He can handle it. And He, He always is. And yeah, I think there's this verse in Proverbs. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, like, the righteous man falls and rises again. And I love that because it doesn't say the righteous man doesn't fall, it just says that he gets back up. And I think that that's the key is that God hasn't called us to live perfectly. He hasn't, he hasn't said that life is going to be easy. He hasn't said it's going to be all butterflies and rainbows. He actually said it's going to be really hard, Mm -hmm. but the righteous man falls and gets back up and keeps going, you know, and that's what you're doing. And that's what we're all trying to do. Like we're trying to just get back up and keep going and like keep following and keep being faithful. More more pastors need to preach that message every Mm -hmm. week that it's not. It's not going to be amazing once you meet Jesus. You know, like yeah. once you have your relationship with Jesus, life doesn't yeah. just become amazing. Yeah. Because so many people have that misconception that now that I believe in God. Yeah. Everything's that great. Life's going to be great. And yeah. then when it doesn't, it is easy to go, well, I thought you had my back. Right. I thought that this wouldn't happen again. Right. And, you know, um, you know, I've heard lots of people share that story before where like, well, I don't understand why God didn't 
protect me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because there's still sin in the world. Yeah. and Because this isn't home. Like, this yeah, isn't heaven. We, which is what makes it so exciting to look forward I to. Know. Sometimes I'm like, can I just go? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, can you just take me now, God? It's like, fine. I'm not feeling good. Like, really not good. Yeah. Sometimes I've been like, I'll go to heaven now. Yeah. In I my know. new body. And feel Sometimes amazing. I feel like all the time, this is like the last thing I'm going to say, but... um. I feel like people all the time are like, Lord, come soon. Like, Lord, come soon. Lord, come soon. And I want him to come soon. But at the same time, I'm like, there's so many people that don't know. know yet. You know? know, there's so many people. That's and so why, I'm like, don't come. Just wait a little longer. <laughs> that's why so many Christians need to do something with healing. Yeah. Because yeah. when we heal, we can do what God wants us to do in our lives yeah. to the full extent. It's yes. not that you can't help people when you haven't had healing. Yeah. But when you've had healing, yes, you can share your story with so many more people. And, you know, and so much you can you can tell so many more people about Jesus. Yeah. And it's not about the numbers. No, no. But when you can live from a place of healing, it changes everything. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just inevitably, it's just so it's it's just amazing yeah. how many more people will know Jesus because you were faithful and you got healing, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And so, yeah. It's such a gift. Well, thank you so much for doing this, friend. I just adore you and I just you mean so much to me and your life means so much to me and I'm really proud of you and I'm really excited about what the Lord is doing in your life and I'm just glad I got to share you with the people. <laughs> so, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Oh my word, isn't she just the best? I just love Lindsay and I'm just so grateful for her. I'm grateful for her vulnerability. I'm grateful for her willingness to share her story. I'm grateful for how the Lord is working in her life and I'm grateful for her friendship. I'm grateful that I have the joy of being a part of her world and her life. And so I'm just so glad that we were able to chat today. If you guys enjoyed our conversation today, I would be so grateful if you left a review and a rating Reviews mean so much and they help other people find the podcast and I want more people to hear stories like Lindsay's story. And so if you have a few minutes and you enjoyed our chat, please go leave us a review. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Lauren Photo and stay tuned because we have a lot more interviews coming your way with some amazing people and I cannot wait to share them with you. Hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next time on the True Speaks podcast.